0: Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds from the Boldo Racing Team.
1: Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Chas Mustard from Four Pepsi Max Group, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. It is, look, it's a great, it's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bulk, so um, <laughs> be, been here before.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but, but we,
1: you know, Kim and I chip away at it, but right now we have nothing. Sometimes they're not. Dickhead, you could say. It's just it's,
2: they're just there's good racing. I, mean, I enjoy it yeah.
1: from the race tracks across Australia and around the world. Here is Inside Supercars. Hello and welcome to
2: Inside Supercars for another week. Joining us from Auto Action, it's Gary O'Brien. Good evening, Gary. Good evening, Craig. Good
3: evening, everyone.
2: And from Inside Motorsport, it's Peter Norton. Good
3: evening, gentlemen. Yeah, and good evening, you too,
2: Peter. <laughs> Guys, uh, we do need to talk about the Sandown 500, but we might leave that for uh, another segment of the show. Let's go straight. There was a lot of calendar leaks leading up to uh, this week, and normally it's a big announcement on uh, Friday at Sandown when it is released on time, but this week maybe they thought the leaks had got too much and they've released the calendar for 2016. Gary... uh, we were talking off air and of course the big jump is the november to april move of Phillip island
3: yeah well uh, i think they originally moved it to uh, november to get better weather now they're saying they're going to get better weather (laughs) in april and uh let's face it you do get a more stable uh uh, weather pattern in the uh, uh autumn than you do in the spring so from that point of view i guess it's a fair call uh interesting that um uh, that uh, the Grand Prix we also spoke about off the air was not going to be around round of the championship next year anyway.
2: But interestingly enough, Peter, it is classed as an international super sprint, just like the Kuala KL City Grand Prix and not like the ITM Auckland Super Sprint.
0: Yeah, I I was confused by that uh, designation for those events, Uh, an international super sprint. Not quite sure what they're suggesting by that, but there does seem to be the inconsistency that the Grand Prix, I think disappointingly, uh, won't be part of the championship, uh, but the race in KL will be. So, yeah, a little confused. Uh, I'm sure that will be clarified uh, shortly.
2: And amazingly, Gary, everything's lined up for the Grand Prix. There should be no impediments, shouldn't there?
3: There shouldn't be no none at all, uh, particularly now that uh, uh, the TV rights have all with the the one group, you might say, and the fact that uh, also uh, GTS will be having a championship round there next year, and in the past we've had Carrera Cup and we've had Aussie racing cars as well. So I can't see what's stopping it from happening. Maybe it's just uh, crossing the uh, T's and dotting the I's, I guess.
2: Mm. Now. It- We see no change to the PerTech Enduro Cup, and with the exception of KL, which is, uh, you know, going from an exhibition to a full championship round. Peter, no new tracks earmarked, and obviously no losses earmarked either
0: Uh, yes really they've delivered on what they were talking about uh, for the last many months they've compressed the season a little bit um, with uh, well Clipsal more or less in in its usual spot but the uh, Sydney Olympic Park uh, race uh, that closes out the season they've brought that forward just a little bit and they've uh, you know, evened out some of the gaps in between. There is a four-week gap in the middle of the season, but uh, they're making that good step towards nice, regular race meetings every two, maybe three weeks, trying to uh, just get into people's routine to turn on the TV on a, on a Saturday and a Sunday and watch some good racing. Mm.
2: Now, a lot of talk about where things might be plugged in, but there is this self-imposed ban between September and the end of Sandown and Bathurst in October, Gary? Uh,
3: in what respect? What, As uh, in
2: nothing looks like it's going to happen between those two races in the near future?
3: No, well, well not from a V8 supercar point of view, obviously. Uh, uh, but uh, who's to say that uh, the Camps uh, National Championship or what will, will be the new CAMS National Championship next year won't have a round somewhere in between there? Uh, that's a possibility and possibility that if they have any enduro races on that, uh, on that, at that part of the time of the year, it's a good uh, chance to get some uh, miles in.
2: Yeah, and it'll be interesting, Peter, to see where uh, the GT, the Australian GT Endurance Series might slip itself into the whole mix.
0: Uh, yes, that, that's one that uh, we'll watch with great interest, of course, uh, V8 Supercars being the promoter of the, the Bathurst 12-hour, but uh, the uh, the rights to the series outright w- would remain uh, a bit elusive to them. They would need the Quinn family to want to sell. Uh, but coming back to your point about uh, race meetings in that lead-up to Bathurst, uh, traditionally it's been uh, uh, off-limits, so the teams can prepare for the, the biggest event of the year. But I think equally importantly, it uh, w- would be a very brave promoter that wants to go up against the football finals, um, you know, for the corporate dollar and the uh, the, the column inches in the, the sport pages. Uh, you know that you're not going to get the coverage that you would like. Uh, so uh, concede defeat and put your focused effort into other parts of the calendar.
2: Mm-hmm. Any any surprises there for you, Gary?
3: No, I. What Peter says is uh, is good valid points because you're not going to get the mileage, particularly in New South Wales. I, I know. Um, in Victoria, I should say, more um, so than New South Wales, actually, because uh, the Victorian um, AFL is just gets blanket coverage in their metropolitan dailies, and uh, and we know how fickle Sydney crowds are at going to anything. <laughs> so, from that point of view, no, I don't see um, any surprises there at all.
2: Well, one interesting thing that uh, has come out over the last few days: uh, Speed Cafe reporting that the start time at Bathurst is being moved now to 11 o'clock. I guess with the unbelievable exception of last year's race, the cars and the average lap time f- for the uh, race is getting smaller and smaller. So if you started a bit later, you're still not going to hopefully run into too many troubles. As I said, last year was such an exception, you can't base your thinking, I guess, around that.
3: No, for sure. And um, I, what, the, what the reason behind it, for anyone that's not aware, is that they want to cut down the uh, dead time from the finish of the race to the start of the news bulletins. And I think this is more so to do with Channel 10 than Fox, um, even though Fox... It really is a Fox deal, but 10 uh, work off the back of it. And um, if the race, say, finishes at 4 o'clock, they've got an hour to fill before they can go to a news bulletin at 5. So by starting the race later... Uh, they can get around that. And I think there's also a provision there that even if the race did, through unforeseen circumstances, uh, look like going past five, then it would, and that they would try and guarantee the 161 laps.
2: Peter, your take?
0: Um, yes, it it all kind of makes sense. The, the, the races are getting faster. And... Really, last year, in some respects, was a happy accident. Uh, Very happy for the TV ratings because uh, those dramatic final laps were actually in the news time. So uh, all of the people who turned on just to watch the news were lucky accidents to be watching uh, the the end of a a cracking race. And uh, I'm sure that helped their uh, ratings figures. Uh, So, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's an each-way bet. If the race runs over, hey, that's fine. If the race runs to schedule, they've got less dead time.
2: Hmm. It would be interesting to see uh, if we ever have an exception like last year again. Um, I sort of think we won't, but never say never. We need to take a break here on Inside Supercars. Don't forget, you can listen to the show on Stitcher. It's in motor vehicles all around the world. The app is downloadable right now if it's not already pre-installed into your car. Many of the cars in Australia now with them. We'll take a break and be back with more
1: right after this. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page.
0: Hi, I'm Fabian Colthug, and you're listening to Inside
2: Supercars.
1: Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy
3: task. Uh, we were able to beat the two the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do, but, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family.
1: Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Fabian Colthug, and you're listening to Inside Supercars.
0: Welcome back to
2: Inside Supercars. Peter Norton and Gary O'Brien joining me, Craig. Ravel and uh, well Sandown this weekend an interesting weekend indeed for all motorsport fans because it is the start of the endurance cup. Peter, it's they've toyed with it, they've moved it from Sandown, they've had it at Phillip Island, they've had it at Queensland, but really nothing meets the Sandown five hundred when it comes down to the race itself and just the tradition of the race.
0: Uh, There's a great deal of tradition there going back to the uh, the early days of Australian touring car racing and uh, this weekend actually uh, uh, presents the opportunity for someone to move up in the rankings Uh, and that is if Craig Lowndes uh, can win uh, he he will move up and and, uh, equal Alan Moffat's record there. Of course, Peter Brock's record is almost uh, unbeatable uh, at, at Sandown, uh, you know, similar to his uh, performances at Bathurst. So uh, a lot of history for the diehards, uh, and it just makes a bit more sense. It's uh, a lot more accessible to the, uh, uh, to the people living in Melbourne, uh, you know, fairly good facilities, uh, particularly if the weather is fickle, just go in that huge, undercovered uh, grandstand. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it belongs in that place in the calendar.
2: Mm. And interestingly enough, Gary, it's a race that people expect, even when they don't follow motor racing, they just expect the Sandown 500 to be on at this time of year.
3: Oh, for sure. There's nothing quite like it. We we just really get in at the start of the, the football finales or the finals. And I'll tell you, there's nothing quite like being in the grandstand at the end of the first lap of the Sandown 500. And the, the roar from the crowd. You can't hear the cars for so the the roar of the people sitting in the stand as their favourites are either winning or dicing for the lead the first time past. Mm.
2: And interestingly enough, the race probably is best known for touring cars and V8 supercars, but you've got people like John Bow, Tom Waring, who's won it in a Ferrari. Paul Stokel and Anthony Trait in a Lamborghini, and then even Stuart Kosteris and Ian Tullock have won it at a Mitsubishi, and that was as recently as 2011.
3: Yeah, well, when they took the event away from Sandown, uh, everyone jumped in on the bandwagon or various uh, promoters and to promote their own Sandown 500 or whatever they wanted to call it to try and um, capitalise on, on the tradition that Peter spoke about before, that, you know, it's always been there, so... Yeah, that's the way it is. I don't think it'll ever change again now until, um, obviously, the place closes down.
2: Peter, what's your take? Peter Brock, as you said, most wins. Alan Moffat and Craig Lowndes, only one win apart. Do you think Craig can equal the Canadian? Uh,
0: I I think it would need a couple of things to go wrong for the uh, ProDrive Australia cars. Um, and, of course, you know, there's three there that are serious contenders if you count David Reynolds uh, in equal equipment. Um, the Mark Winterbottom has a, a very strong chance, you'd have to say, a, a very uh, you know, well-polished uh, uh, team there with his uh, co-driver, Steve Owen. Uh, they're in form, and uh, I think it's going to take a fair bit for people to beat them. Uh, there's been a lot of debate about... What has given the, those Falcons the edge this year? And some point to the the, the larger uh, end plates on the rear wing. Uh, again, people talk about uh, that gives them great advantage on the high speed corners. Um, Sandown probably has a less high speed corners than uh, you know some tracks in particular. Phillip Island comes to mind. Uh, so maybe that advantage will be a little bit less than uh, some of the other tracks that we see.
2: It's going to be interesting to see Russell Engle come back with Jack Perkins, Gary.
3: Yeah, well, we know the story there with James Corton who's suffering that unfortunate injury at Sydney Motorsport Park. Uh, to bring um, Engel, I don't know It's a great marketing exercise, there's no doubt about it, but at 51 years of age and uh, uh, running against some really good uh, young talent at the moment uh, begs the question, well... Will he be up to it? Obviously, he was. He was there last year and raced okay. Uh, but I suspect that Jack Perkins would probably be the lead driver in that uh, combination uh, come uh, this weekend.
2: Yeah, Peter. It's what do we think we're going to see with the twenty-two car?
0: Um, I've got fairly low expectations. I, I'm afraid to say. Uh, Jack is a very capable co-driver. But uh, as we saw at Sydney Motorsport Park, uh, given he didn't have a whole lot of time in the car to really uh, dial the car in and dial himself into it, but, um, yeah, he was off the pace there, and uh, I would have to suspect that uh, at Sandown they'll also be off the pace. Uh, So, uh, yeah, fairly low expectations, and it really does highlight... uh, The the significance of that event when that uh, piece of signage hit James Courtney. Um, Missing Sydney Motorsport Park, yeah, that's not good. Missing Sandown is getting worse. Um, And uh, with some of the news this week about uh, uh, having uh, five uh, cracked or broken ribs compared to the three that they thought earlier, um, it could be a challenge for James to make it to Bathurst. Uh, and you know that really has to be one of the, the big stories of the year, because um, apart from the, the last two years, uh, the only people that seemed to win at Bathurst were HRT or Triple Eight, and James Courtney on the podium many times. Uh, to take out one of the contenders from Bathurst, uh, I think uh, you know that that incident at Sydney Motorsport Park is uh, you know really quite a uh, big deal.
2: Yeah, and it is interesting, Peter, because um, I really, when I heard that he had a punctured lung and reports of punctured lungs, I'm, I'm going. I can't see how he could race in any of the events in the Enduro Cup because they take so long to heal. You've, you know, you've got to give yourself sometimes about sixteen weeks to be able to breathe properly again after that.
0: Um, yes, it's it's quite a nasty injury that that he has. And um, yeah, you know, just from one of those freak accidents, uh, he, he has to be one of the most unlucky drivers for getting injured for things that aren't his fault. Uh, of course, where he had his uh, leg broken at uh, uh, at uh, Phillip Island those few years back, uh, again he was just minding his own business, and uh, uh, you know a car comes and, and clobbers him in the side. Um, you know, his time out for injury uh, is really. Uh, Beyond what we can compare with anyone else.
3: Mm. Yeah,
2: Gary, what's the mail you're getting?
3: Uh, yeah, I see to. I I know he's definitely out of uh, Sandown. Well, we all know that, but um, yeah, I don't think he's a possibility for Bathurst, and maybe not even a Gold Coast. Uh, um, any having crack ribs, and uh, you ask anyone that's gone through that, just how painful that is. Let alone um, having five, and uh, still a long way from uh, being hundred percent.
2: Mm, yeah, it's going to be a tough road for um, for James Courtney. You have to wonder if he might have had a... You know, you never want anyone getting in your car that might look better than you. Is that part of the reason, Peter, that uh, he said, get the enforcer back in? <laughs>
0: uh, hey, That's a good point. There's a good point. Uh, we know that Courtney is a pretty determined and uh, you know, hard-racing kind of guy. Uh, if there's any way possible, he's going to be in that car. So uh, uh, I think it's... Uh, Maybe it's 50-50. It's hard to tell from this distance. But, uh, yeah, if there's any chance at all, you'll be there.
2: Mm. All right. Uh, what about his teammate, Garth Tander? A lot of talk about uh, that team and uh, how Garth has been handling what has been a rough-and-tumble year for the two-car. Gary?
3: Yeah, well, um, they've been out of sorts, haven't they? And it didn't help last year that they didn't get the start. Um it's HRT all over, isn't it, you know, with dramas and what have you. And then every time you you hear that um, they're on top of their um, issues and they're going to go, well, they don't. And um, I I find it hard to um, really uh, put them down as one of the favoured teams for either Sandown or Bathurst at this point.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's it's been fascinating, hasn't it, Peter, just seeing what's going on there.
0: Truly remarkable to see those uh, those two brightly coloured cars right near the back of the field uh, at uh, Sydney Motorsport Park. Uh, just so out of character, um, and uh, you know, Lee Holdsworth in the uh, uh, in, in the other car out of that stable um, was doing okay that weekend. So uh, it's just hard to picture you know, what's going wrong to have them uh, all the way towards the back.
2: Mm. Now, interestingly. We've got Bathurst wild cards, but we're not seeing uh, Aaron and Drew Russell particularly uh, able to get a shakedown this weekend at the Sandown 500, Gary.
3: Well, that's, I think that's always been a tradition. The wild card is for Bathurst only, as far as I was led to believe. Um, so what else can you do? I guess they're not restricted as far as their testing goes. Um, I'd have to check that. I'm not really... Okay, with what the regulations would say there. And, and similarly, too, with the uh, the girls in their car. Would would they be allowed to test? Surely you'd think so uh, before they go to the mountain.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. Who's going to... We're ahead of the break. Who's going to win the Sandown 500 this weekend? Do you go first, Peter?
0: Um, I think Winter Winterbottom, uh, he's got the... Uh, He's got the performance, and I think that uh, his greatest threat would be, of course, his, uh, his teammate, Chaz. Uh, I think with Chaz the, the question mark has to be his co-driver, Cam Walters, uh, that uh, you know, Cam's been performing really, really well in the development series, so I can't take anything away from him there. It's just how he handles that little step up into the main game at the pointy end of
3: the main game. That's my question mark.
2: Mm, all right. What about you?
3: Um, I'm going to go with um, a Red Bull Australia car. Not sure which one, but uh, they've won the last two, so you've got to give them some uh, some to think that they could. Uh, they know that know what to do. Just to hope that they've got the the car to do it.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see how it all shakes down over the course of the weekend and of course a big part of the Sandown 500 we're going to talk about after the break is it's back on Free to Air TV the V8 Supercars for 2015. A break and then more here on Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Of course Sandown is a Channel 10 event, Gary. How's that going to booster the controversial ratings of 2015?
3: Well, I don't know how much it's going to boost it. I'll just keep a few people quiet that are complaining about not wanting to buy Fox to watch uh, watch the coverage. Um, Personally, I I think it's uh, uh, good money well spent because there's more on Fox than just V8 Supercars, all sorts of different sport and movies and what have you. So um, it's it's a weird argument, I know, because you can get to see the... Be a supercar race on TV, albeit in highlight fashion at night time. But to watch a race live, I guess uh, the traditionalists will be happy and um, they'll sit there and watch it from flag to flag.
2: Yeah, indeed they will. And uh, Peter, do you think that this will, having this run now of a few free to air TV ads, will help get momentum back in the general public?
0: Um, it, it can't hurt, can it? Uh, the, the, this evening we saw Mark Winterbottom make a, an appearance on the, the, Channel New, sorry, the Channel 10 news program, The Project. Uh, he was talking about the championship and some of the races coming up. So those cross-promotion opportunities uh, look to be kicking into gear. Uh, they have to help.
2: Mm. All right. We'll Need to move on now from Sandown to a couple of interesting things. First on the driver market, um, Roger Pensky has come out and said that uh, Fabian Coulthard is not a deal that's been done. Um, Gary, an interesting one there, Andrew Van Llewellyn. Uh, yeah, that's right. No, Llewellyn, yep. Van Llewellyn. I'll get it right eventually. He uh, has uh, spoken to uh, RP, the captain and is reporting that, no, it's still not a, a done deal. And uh, they've got Scott Pyre, Marcus Ambrose. With Ambrose, highly unlikely to uh, be in the main seat. I think everyone concedes.
3: Yeah, well, actually, in auto action this week, one of our colleagues who's on the insiders on a sort of regular basis, Mark Fogarty, has is, uh, is alluded that uh, Fabian Kilpard is a duel at, uh, at Penske. And um, I think it was... Um mentioned a couple of weeks ago that um, once that one domino fell, a lot of others would fall into place as far as uh, the driver market is for next year. There's also suggestions that uh, uh, David Reynolds will be at BJR. Um, Not so sure where uh, David Wall will be next year. Um, Also the fact that James Moffat, Jason Bright and... um, Would would be three others that would be uh, uh, finalised as well.
2: You have to wonder, Peter, the domino of getting Coulthard to Team Penske, Dick Johnson Team Penske, is going to open up a seat which, for the right person at Brad Jones Racing, could be a championship contender.
0: I I think you're spot on. This is one of the... uh... More interesting silly seasons that we've seen for, I think, a couple of years because there's so many of those dominoes that could uh, go in different directions. Uh, Dick Johnson, Tim Penske, seat uh, or seats potentially, they, they could um, uh, reclaim the uh, racing entitlement contract that is leased to the, uh, the Kiwi operation. Um, you know, they may have two seats to fill, and who wouldn't be tempted as a driver to go to a team with that pedigree and uh, you know, hopefully that level of resources? Um, so, of course, it's tempting for Coulthard to, uh, uh, to be headed that way. Uh, OK, Penske has said no deal has been done, but that may be because con- with previous contractual commitments, perhaps no deal can yet be done, but maybe they've had a handshake uh, and they just can't put it down in, into the a, a formality of uh, signing contracts um, yeah, the, the seat at Brad Jones Racing uh, the right uh, you know, driver there that can take it that next you know, fraction of a percent forward uh, you know, that, that team does show uh, you know, great potential just a little bit inconsistent uh, uh, you know, track to track uh, and if they can bridge that gap I think you're right Craig that could be a, a championship contender And there's so many other uh, dominoes and uh, possibilities, uh, uh, depending on sponsorship and those sorts of things. Uh, As Gary said, uh, this week's Auto Action does have quite a good write-up on some of the possibilities, uh, and uh, it makes some pretty good reading uh, of where some of the dominoes could fall.
2: And, of course, the team that has been flying by quite quietly is the team that had announced that they were losing their driver first and that, of course, is Van Geer's going to the third 888 car, Gary. The Tecno seat, Jonathan Webb said he's not racing in the main game full-time in the foreseeable future. So, you know, that's that's quite a good car. Yeah,
3: well, it it gets a lot of support from 888. So, in some respects, it's almost a pseudo fourth 888 car, isn't it, as far as uh, expertise and... uh... Uh, uh, data sharing etc they do a lot of data Jamie Whitcup mentioned that uh, council, I think that they do data share with uh, Techno so that they get all the information going backwards and forwards and um, one of the names that Mark mentioned in his uh, story in auto action that may be a possibility there would be Scott Pye who's currently at DJR Penske
2: hmm. Alright, an interesting one from Fogues there We also, well, we'll take a break and then we'll be back to talk about the future of the sport in some bigger picture, uh, bigger picture contests. This is Inside Supercars. I hope you'll stay with us.
1: The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.
2: Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Why wouldn't you have stayed to hear out the show? We've still got two segments to go. And, Peter, interestingly, we are coming to that crunch point. Nissans haven't committed. Ford have said no. Holdner are in, you know, they're in up to their eyeballs. Volvo, not committed yet. And, of course, uh, Mercedes were never committed. How many official factory teams will be on the grid when Gen 2 is able to be rolled out in
0: 2017? Oh, I wish I knew. I wish I had a crystal ball on that one. Uh, you raised quite a few of the the wild cards that are in that picture. Um, Some of the the backgrounds there have been well reported in the past, um, like Ford saying, no, thank you, uh, which uh, committed motorsport fans find very puzzling. Whereas uh, you know, other brands over the last couple of years have been spending a lot of money trying to build that racing heritage and that you know, performance culture about their brand, you know, having a, a hero car that's raced. You know, Volvo and Nissan have uh, you know, invested quite heavily to achieve what Ford are willing to give away. Um, also a lot written about Volvo that... Um, uh, you know, internationally, they're taking a bit of a step away from motorsport, uh, and, you know, Australia did seem to be the odd ones out. And, uh, you know, whether that's a deal that was you know, previously done by executives of Volvo Australia, and some of those people have moved on. Uh, so th- there could be a, a different uh, mindset of the uh, the executives there for, for Volvo in Australia, and, and perhaps, you know, Volvo uh, internationally. So lots of question marks. Um, Now, we have observed that Lexus have been increasing their presence at the racetracks um, with safety cars but at sydney motorsport park uh, they also had some of the the, the grid girls that uh, i have to say were very uh, uh, tastefully presented uh in in line with the, the you know the brand standards that lexus would bring uh, you know not, nothing skimmy just skimpy just very professional uh so you know maybe lexus will uh, join the series and that would be fabulous uh but i think you're right there, there are question marks about some of the others that would leave and uh I uh, wish I had that crystal ball to, to, to see what some of the other ones from left fields might become.
2: Mm, because uh, f- over the last three weeks, I think, Gary, we've had reports going left, right and centre of V8 supercars are up in discussions with up to four manufacturers.
3: Yeah, you're right. And uh, even um, uh, Gary Rogers has reportedly said that he's in discussions with two other manufacturers. They currently run the Volvos and uh, once that contract's uh completed if it isn't renewed then he is already entertaining uh, possible replacements in the past we've had uh uh some well we, we assumed that there, there was some um um overtures made towards cryifer and the fact that they might get involved because they were running the safety cars at the time uh but that seems to have died off um the other thing I, I guess that we've got to keep in mind too that the uh Uh, The major Ford team running at the moment has um, indicated that it will stick with Ford regardless of whether they get that factory support or not. So um, we might get a situation like we have with Erebus where, where cars will be run but maybe not with the full sanctioning of their factories.
2: And you have to wonder at some point, Peter, IP being what it is, the car's body shape is the manufacturer's IP.
0: Um, well, that's right. Um, you would need permission, at least, from the manufacturer to uh, to turn up with that body shape. Uh, and you know, re- really, for Erebus, uh, that would be the extent of the Mercedes involvement. Is that they uh, have provided their consent? Um, these days, it doesn't look like Mercedes uh, contributes uh, a whole lot more than that. Um, yeah, uh, a manufacturer that's very protective of their brand um, perhaps wouldn't give that consent. Uh, particularly if it was a team that they had uh, concerns about. So it's a very complex picture. and, of course, we've got the technical changes under the skin that, uh, of course, uh, a lot of people have been debating whether it's a good idea or not. Um, anyway, it's, uh, it's the direction that they're headed. And, uh, you know, hopefully it can uh, create some you know, new interests, some new uh, uh, variables into the racing. You know, will a V8 beat the turbo uh, uh, V6 and all of those sorts of considerations? So uh, if they can get the parity right, uh, then it could be great.
2: Mm.
0: But getting the parity right... Well,
2: who knows? we be back with more right after this.
1: Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Bought Radio Facebook page... For Daniel Ricardo's old man to have found a few mates to tip some money in and send him overseas. there actually needs to be a structure... Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at au. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Michael Caruso. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Inside Supercars.
2: Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Of Gary, of course, you were at the Muscle Car Masters on the weekend. Eastern Creek played host once again to a huge crowd, uh, which we don't normally say that when we're on this show but uh i think one of the key things is they were also celebrating 10 years of uh, uh, 11 years sorry 11 years yeah that's right yeah um at eastern creek and i sort of facetiously wonder if we will have uh, 11 year celebrations at the sydney homebush
3: racetrack ah uh, good question uh, that's a fair way down the track and going on the, you mentioned crowds and going back a couple of weeks before that, that uh, V8 supercar round probably had the poorest um, Sydney motorsport crowd I've ever seen at a supercar meeting and you've got to say that if uh, if Homebush goes will people go to Sydney motorsport park? I Somehow I doubt it, there's just a stigma about the place that uh, keeps people away from the V8s and um, you know, you can't say it's a, it's a place well, some people won't say it's a place because there was a good roll-up with people here on the weekend. They actually had more people on the Saturday this year than they've ever had. Um, but they spread themselves around. It's a big place, obviously, and, uh, you know, there, maybe it wasn't a lot of people in the stands on, on the Saturday, but uh, they certainly uh, spread themselves around the track. And uh, going back to the original question about Homebush, uh, it's had a lot of detractors but they've still held the meeting. It's gone for longer than we thought it would from its initial uh, conception. So um, and I hope it does. I, I quite enjoy Homebush. I think it's a great meeting.
2: Well, we're all waiting, aren't we, Peter, to see if the move forward and the proposed tram lines and so on are going to cause significant changes to the circuit, which would then also bring in significant, you would hope, cost reductions. Yes,
0: it's a a funny race meeting in some respects. Uh, uh, Many in the the media, uh, particularly some of the cynical-minded people, uh, they were predicting the contract to be uh, cut short a couple of years ago, but it keeps keeps on keeping on. Um, Obviously, they have uh, uh, right-sized it in many respects. Um, They've uh, closed some of the spectator viewing areas at the, I guess you'd call it the the far end of the track, um, trying to uh, just get the operating costs down a lot of the infrastructure has already been paid for many years ago the concrete walls and the uh, you know the demountable the, the grandstands and all of that kind of stuff so um, really the cost is assembling them each year rather than the outright purchase of all of that kit um, it can be a, an entertaining race meeting i think it does struggle a little bit in terms of uh, If you compare it to something like Townsville, that proper parkland area where you can sit on the the grassy hill and have a a good view of a couple of turns, it just doesn't have that. It is a little bit hard for the spectators. Uh, And I think that's always going to be a bit of a limitation. And I I guess the the balancing item there is uh, whether they can do a lot of good corporate packages. Um, We know that transport's very good to get there. It's got a lot of pluses but I think it would be better if it, you know, if it had have been a proper parkland uh, kind of circuit where you could see a bit more of it.
2: Mm. Gary?
3: Yeah, and um, I guess I guess the other thing that really hurt a little bit last year was uh, the, um, the show society upping the rent on the pavilions for the support categories and they said no and so they put marquees up in areas where we normally had merchandising. Um, I thought that, that it's like it, as if, um, you've got several parties working together, and then one party says no, I don't want to be a part of this, so it detracts from the event a bit, and that disappointed me a little bit. But um, yeah, if it, it was if it was like oh, the two that stand out, are, as Peter said, uh, obviously Townsville, but Darwin's the other one. They're just events that are so well done, so spectator friendly, they just stand out. Whereas um, Homebush is just a really the oddball. It's a bit like the Gold Coast in the fact that you can't see a lot uh, wherever you are. But the Gold Coast being where it is probably helps it a little bit.
2: Yeah, well, certainly it has, uh, as Peter had talked about Sydney Motorsport, uh, sorry, about uh, Homebush, it has been able to avoid the knife on a, a couple of occasions in its recent history.
3: Yeah, it certainly has. And, um, yeah, oh, that's what I say, you know. It, I hope it keeps, it keeps there because... Sydney, Sydney needs to have a, a good V8 supercar event and while Sydney Motorsport Park put on some good racing on the Sunday no one went out to watch it
2: mm. Yeah indeed We need to take a break here but a final thought and, ob- and or observation after this here on Inside Supercars
1: Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question email insiders at au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy
3: task. Uh, we're able to beat the two level to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to um, take the win off him. So, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family.
1: Inside Motorsport broadcast on community, radio, and online at sportradio.com.au.
2: Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bottolo Racing Team, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. A final thought or observation, Peter Norton.
0: The uh, V8 calendar for 2016 uh, has been fine-tuned and the theme of the circus following the sun in all except really one situation, and that is Sydney Motorsport Park in August. Uh, the weather this year was pretty bloody ordinary, to be honest, Um Really, that's the one that I think they need to find a space for it uh, at another time of year
3: to see if they can get the crowds happening there.
2: Gary O'Brien?
3: Uh, yeah, good question. Uh, probably Sandow 500. Uh, uh, again, looking forward to a, a cracking meeting. Um, obviously, the two major teams that will be finding it out will be the uh, the Ford Performance Racing and uh, Red Bull Australia. Uh, look for a Nissan to be a strong
2: contender all right then and today as we record this on tuesday this week it marks a a very sad milestone in australia's motorsport history of course it was the uh day that peter brock was tragically killed in the west and so uh, i know plenty of people out there are still quite uh, quite upset by that occurrence and plenty of motorsport fans always will see peter brock as the king that's all we have time for this week on inside motors that's all we have time for this week on inside supercars to gary and peter thanks very much for your time
3: thanks no problem goodbye
1: till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now inside supercars is produced by thunder media tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au